Welcome to the United Body Podcast. Hope the Lord has been moving in your life this week as we continue to live out God's plan for our lives. I am Harry King, host of the United Body. And so last week we talked about, you know, how our purpose is to love God and to love others. And, you know, I didn't think I made it very clear last week um, of, you know, what it meant to love God and to love others. So today, today I thought we could go a little more in depth and try to make it a little more clear. What is it like to love God and to love others? Because I know people who do start follow Christ kind of sign up maybe a simple idea, you know, of what it kind of looks like. But I think we may be missing a few things, a few things of what it means to really be following Jesus and loving, loving God and then loving others. So with that, let's get started. So let's talk about this thing called love. You know, we grew up watching a bunch of movies and television shows where the word love was used so much that we do not know the true definition of love. It it was just thrown all over the place. And, you know, therefore, you know, since we were so confused, I think a lot of us would want to define it for ourselves and try to get ourselves a better understanding of what it what the word love is. So, you know, as I was preparing for this, I figured I would take to the internet and find some definitions for love. So I found I found a lot of definitions on dictionary.com of the word love. And so I'm going to describe about four of them to you. So definition number one, a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another per- for another person. Definition number two, a feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affection as for a parent, child, or friend. Definition number three, strong predilection, enthusiasm, or liking for anything. Four, the benevolent affection of God for his creatures, or the reverent affection due from them to God. And so we could definitely come to the consensus that these four definitions for number one, show us love for someone of the opposite sex. Two, love for a friend or family member three love for an activity or career and four love for god you know this is all great these are all great you know they definitely cover like the all ends of the spectrum but but if you look at more of these definitions if you go to dictionary.com and actually work look at the word love and see all the more definitions that i did not describe you know the majority of them point to the physical intimacy part of love or it says in Greek terms, it's the word eros, E-R-O-S, for those who want to look that up. And I'm not saying that there's an issue with having physical intimacy with your husband or wife, but if physical intimacy is what you think love primarily is, your marriage may fall faster than a set of jungle blocks. And here's why. Here's why. Not all of us will be in romantic relationships, let alone get married. And for those who are single as a Pringle, does that does them not being in a romantic relationship mean they are not loved? No. If you are phys- not physically able to be intimate with someone else, does that mean that you are unable to be loved? No. If you knew God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you and to forgive you from all, all wrongdoings against him and offer an eternal home in heaven and it didn't matter whether you were in a romantic relationship or not, Would that mean you are able to be loved no matter the circumstances? Yes. And so with that, what is love? You know, according to scripture, 
Love is a lot of things. And I'll read from multiple passages what love is. So here are three definition, three definitions of love that I could grab, grab from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every cir- circumstance. First John four, First John four, chapter eight. Uh, first John four. Um, my bad. Verse eight. But anyone who does not love does not get know God for God is for God is love and then and then John 15 verse 13 there is no greater love there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one one friends John 15 verse 13 so you know through these these passages you know you're probably thinking to yourself I've never probably heard of that, not, you know, love before, you know, you, you probably have thought your whole life, you know, it's all about affection. It's all about, it's all about, you know, it's all about, you know, playing smoochy face or, um, or having sex, you know, but it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about, you know, commitment, not commitment. It's about devotion, devotion, you know, and how, you know, we well, got so devoted to us and just how, you know, we can be, can be devoted to other devoted to helping others and pointing them them to the gospel. So, you know, what is it now do we know you know what love is? What does it look like in our relationship with God and our relationship with others? So let's start off with the relationship with God and see how that goes. Relationship with God. You know, there's you know, there's two aspects, you know, about what love plays in our relationship with God. First Two, two points is first is how he loves us. And then second is how we love him. So first, I'm going to elaborate on how he loves us. So, you know, a lot of people have probably heard this first, maybe their whole life. They may not even be a Christian, be a Christian. You know, if you ever watched um, NCAA football back in the late 20, 2000s, you probably have seen Tim Tebow at University of Florida where um, there's some um, verse on his eye block, you know. And so I'm going to John 3, 16. John three sixteen probably one of the most known Bible verses that are known to anyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know how crazy is that? You know God loved us so much, so much. You know sinners like us, bunch of troublemakers. And yet he's like, you know, I sent Jesus, the, who, who wasn't a troublemaker. He was perfect in every way to die for you so that he could forgive you. He can forgive you and then all, forgive you of all your sins and then also give you a place in heaven. How crazy is that? You know, Romans 5, 8 says, says that, um, we have, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, we were still troublemakers, and yet Jesus did that for us. And so, uh, by Jesus dying on the cross, we have been forgiven for all the times we have turned our backs on God. Heck, even the times now that we turn our backs on God, it's crazy. 
crazy. And then, and then by Jesus rising from the dead, we are given a place in heaven for eternity as our forever home. Wouldn't it be awesome to think, you know, you get to spend eternity with the one, with the one who brought, who brings such great joy to each and every one of us. Like how wonderful is that? That, that the one who is joy, the one who is love, you get to spend eternity with him. And that's all, and that's all you will get to know for such a long time to come. And the second part, second part, you know, how we love him. Mind the plane here. Um, I'm going to read, read Acts 2, verse 30, 38, the words of um, Peter, who was very close to Jesus. And this was after um, Jesus um, arose in the heaven, rose in the heaven after the resurrection. So Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what, what Peter's here trying to say trying to say is repentance is the only way that you're going to you're going to be able to come to Christ. You know, you got to you got to just let yourselves go go and just leave your and just leave your old life behind you. You know, I lived a I lived a life where I lived a life where I was trying to get fulfillment somewhere else. I had to leave that behind. Leave that behind. And then now, you know, you know leaving um that life behind, I have experienced such greater joy than I ever would have experienced. Ever would have experienced. In a matter of years ago, I thought, I thought everything would have been great. I would have gotten the best paying job. Blah blah blah. But no. But no. You know what? I got something greater, and that that something is Jesus. Is Jesus. And so, and for those, and for those who don't repent, this. This is what, you know, Jesus says in Matthew 16. Let me turn. Let me turn. Let me turn here real quick. All right. So then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul is anything worth more than your soul your soul is it, is it really worth it is it really worth it you know to keep keep trying to chase girls or or for girls is it really worth it to keep trying to chase guys or trying to chase this image that man has created man has created but why don't we try to chase the image that god has created created you know genesis 1 verse 26 what why don't we try to go after and try to be more like Jesus instead of trying to be more like Bill Gates or um, who else? Who else? LeBron James. LeBron James. Why are we? Why are we trying to chase after, chase after somebody that, um, quite frankly, we will not. It will not be in a, around forever. And it's not always the most um, forgiving, forgiving, or the most loving, or the most. Um, joy-filled person filled person you know i mean yeah granted jesus jesus did, wasn't joyful all the time you know like look at the cross he was very you know he was filled with such pain and sorrow but you know he is that he is love and he is joy and he's someone that we can always rely on so why are we trying so why bother trying to make our Im Im image in the man so 
then next next how we love them you know okay how do we really you know be practical with it take take this next approach approach to um <clears throat> following jesus and so so john 6 verse 29 it says it says you know that's the only work that god wants from from you believe in the one he has sent leave from the one has sent and so people get, can take take this with a grain of salt or they can take this very you know heavy heavily and they're like either like oh yeah yeah you know i'm good i'm good i believe jesus died for me i don't need to do this god will forgive me later you know i believe or then other people would be like be like oh my gosh i'm such a terrible person i keep trying to do so i need to do so much for god god like it's just and it's like more like either it's very chillax like it doesn't doesn't mean anything to you or you're finding yourself working so much for the lord the lord you, you're miserable and like god i mean jesus said it wasn't going to be easy it wasn't going to be easy anyways but but if you're trying to chase your tail and try to try to earn God's love, that's not, I don't think that's really believing. So now here's something um, that I want to elaborate on. So how do you know if you truly believe or not? You know, and I've, there are some guidelines or as I like to, guidelines, which means that um, you are, means, you know, guidelines from God that I think, um, I think, you know, could really um, help really help you to know if you are a true believer or a true believer or not or not you know what you listen to this first point you are a completely different person than you were before you gave your life to jesus and i'm not talking you know i was once a child but now i'm an adult but like now i would say like i once enjoyed these things but now i just but now i am just a completely different person than the way he was so Second Corinthians five verse seventeen, it says, says here. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, begun. So, you know, I definitely when I gave my life to Christ, Christ, I definitely grew appreciation and a big longing, great longing for things that you know I really did not think I would, and I was a completely different person person to a lot of people, you know, especially, you know, with my relationship, my girlfriend, you know, we both, when we started dating, we were not followers of Christ. We kept sitting, we were going in the wrong direction, wrong direction, but you know, Christ saved us. And now the two of us, two of us, I mean, both individually as a, and, you know, just as a couple and how we treat each other, like it's so much better, so much better than, you know, what, what it was so many years ago, you know, now going on four years dating. Now, now second point, you hate sin itself and do not desire to go back to those ways. Yeah, you know, just like I said, I didn't, never don't want to go back to those ways. Back to those ways. I didn't want to go back to, you know, trying to trying to impress people or try to feel up, try to get love and attention from other people. And so this is what this is what the Bible says. Psalm ninety seven, verse ten. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people and rescues them from the power of the wicked. You know, so we we will really learn to hate, hate sin. I mean, we don't want to hate the people. We definitely don't want to hate the people that are sinning, but we will just hate the sin itself. You know, we're called to love God and love others. 
we hate to say it. And then if we're not, if we keep choosing to hate ourselves, then, you know, we are just going to find ourselves. We're going to find ourselves in a pit. And a pit that can only be brought out by Jesus. And then we'll realize, you know what? God loves me. God loves me. I am a broken man, but you know what? He made He made me new, and only He can make me new. Thirdly, thirdly, you desire to do God's will. So I'm gonna go to Philippians two, verse thirteen. Philippians two, verse thirteen. Thirteen, and it says here, "For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do to do what pleases Him." You know, I never thought in a million years that I would be serving serving um, teens and young adults with disabilities and, and showing them the love of Christ, showing them the love of Christ. And never in a million years would I think would do that. But, you know, and also I never thought I would be doing this podcast. Podcast, but the Lord, want, the Lord has given me the desire, you know, to do his will and just to be able to go and reach reach out to people and, you know, kind of speak about, speak about the truth and the truth that is Jesus Christ. So, you know, if one of these guidelines does not apply to you, I really highly suggest you spend time in prayer to talk to God and ask him what it is you need to repent of and to ask him how we can do as well, because only through him will he work through us. And it's like, because Jesus alludes to a lot of time in the gospel, if you love me, you will obey my commands, commands. And, you know, but see it's not like you do both it's the if you love me you know you gotta love love the lord first then you'll want to do want to obey him and follow his commands you know and but if but if you're not like that and you see all these guidelines do apply to you though and you are um following the lord do not give up you know galatians 6 9 says 6 9 says do not grow weary in doing good good a lot of people, and not just Christians, they can get lazy, get very lazy and think, oh, all's good. I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to chill. And then you'll just go on a streak where you're just going to find yourself not not really wanted, wanted to do Lord's will. But just keep going, pressing through, pressing through. And if you're having a hard time, just press on. And so on, keep trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Help, like keep giving him your issues. Giving him your issues. And just keep spending time in his word. And that and it's so much truth, and the truth will set you free. Set you free. Don't give up. And you know, first Timothy six twelve, and he says, Keep fighting the good fight, fight of faith. You know? So don't don't give up yet. Don't give up yet. Because I know that God is always gonna be here for us, just like he was in day since day one and way before that. Way before that. So now we talk about our relationship with others. Now, loving others, you know, it looks different, different when it comes to the people involved in our lives, such as family, friends, and significant others. But there's this thing, uh, unconditional love, you know, the Greek word agape, you know, is love that, that can apply to all our, all our relationships because no, no matter what, we still want to be able, we still want, and we are called to love all these people. So, Here's a guideline, you know, just kind of how we love all. I am going off and referencing, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, 7, which I mentioned more in this chapter. So the first part of the, first part of the, that um, passage, you know, 
being love is patient and love is kind. Love is kind. So, you know, just like God is so patient with us to repent of our sins, we shall be patient with others too. You know, the story of the prodigal son, you know, a lot of people have probably heard about it. It's Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. You know, the son wanted nothing to do with his father, do with his father, you know, just left, just left him in the dust, and, you know, and took the inheritance, took the inheritance, you know, thought, okay, you know what, I'm going to go live my life on my own. You know, and I just only wanted you for money, wanted you for money. That's how sometimes we treat Jesus. We um, treat others sometimes, especially, and also especially, you know, how we treat Jesus. Sometimes, a lot of times people treat Jesus like, oh, he's just a miracle worker and he's only here for the hard times, hard times in our lives. And, you know, we just pray to him then or we pray to him during a marriage ceremony or a baptism, you know. But, but you know, you're, but people still just keep you using him for the wrong reasons. And that's terrible. And that's kind of describing what Jesus is trying to describe here in this parable, this parable. So. You know, and he blew, and you know what that son did with the inheritance? He blew it all on prostitutes. It's horrible. And then he ended up eating eating pig's food. Pig's food. It's disgusting. Disgusting. You know. But here's here's the catch. Yet when the son when the son came back to the father, you know, because he had nothing left. Nothing left. He the son knew he didn't deserve to be called a son, but yet, but yet the father Yet the father, father, you know, he was being so patient and kind with them, kind with them through the years. Um, you know, he was still so kind to him, even after he sinned so much. You know, Romans 5, 8 years and welcomed him back with open arms. You know, it says for us to be imitators of Christ. We are called to welcome others with open arms, no matter what they have done, because how, how else will they know Jesus is still here despite despite their wrongdoings? If people would have known me from my past and just the reputation I had, had you know, you know, would they have really welcomed me? You know, only, and you know, us as followers of Christ, you know, we have tended to just block people off, off, and that's terrible. We should be ones to welcome everybody with open arms, despite our different, despite our differences. Yes, yes, you know, people, people have different sins they need to address, but, but we still are called to love them, love them, speak truth to them, speak truth to them, and then be imitators and ambassadors of Christ, of Christ. Second part, love is not jealous, boastful, or proud or rude. You know, if we love others, we're, we're not doing this to make ourselves look good or feel good about ourselves. We, we love, we love because God first loved us. You know, said first John four, verse 19. And you know what? God has given us the desires, desire for others to know, oh, and love Jesus. And you know, I want to break down, break down what some of this means. To boast, you know, means to be bragging so much about something. And if you brag about yourself, it's it is not loving. And if you brag, brag about Jesus and how great He is, then God's love will flow from one person to another, to another. And you know, and also with being proud. Being proud is pretty much trying to lift yourself up by bragging, maybe through bragging or through some other means. It's just, it's just terrible. And like, does that really help people know Jesus? No, no. It only lifts up yourself. You've seen, you've seen prosperity preachers so long, so long for so many years, just try to rip people off and try to glorify themselves. I am not going to say any names, but if you, you are giving to a church 
that preaches the prosperity gospel and your pastor has maybe even even a private jet or um, maybe a huge pension, like truth is you're probably not at the right church. Or heck, you're probably not even at, at a church that God um, intended people to do. So, so you know, for, for this um, topic, we're going to address this part we're going to address um we're going to go to jeremiah 9 jeremiah 9 so giving a give yourself a background israel at the time you know was rebelling against god and this was a time way before jesus came into earth and so the prophet at the time you know prophet you know meaning the person the person that told the people what god, god was saying jeremiah told us what the lord would say about boasting you know this is what the lord says don't let the wise boast in their own wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. You know, boasting in the Lord, you know, it shows others that not only do we care about them, but we show them why we care about them. You know, if you've ever come across people and people in a city or just going around, going around a community and they're like, oh, yeah, they're just going to hand you um, and you just a bag, just a bag of lunch. Or or, you know, maybe sometimes if you're going through a fast food restaurant, people people may pay for the person behind them, you know. But and this is all because it's all because of the love of Jesus and they want to be able to show that love to others, others, you know. And so boasting about the Lord is just kind of the reason why, why, you know, we do what we do, do as followers of Christ. You know, third, third part, you know, jealousy and rudeness. Have, I'm going to ask you, have you ever wanted something else someone had? I know I have. And I think everybody here is probably guilty of it. You know, could be a number of things that you don't have, such as, you know, maybe a certain car, a house, certain house, you know, a, jo a certain job money, money, maybe more money or a relationship or a fellowship that you so desperately have desired, you know, and if you want, if you want something else that something ha someone has, that is considered jealousy. You know, going back to the prodigal son, prodigal son story during this time, during this time, you know, there's a welcome back ceremony being held because the son finally came back, you know, and then the brother, the brother of the prodigal son, you know, he's extremely jealous because he never got that kind of royal treatment from his father, despite never disobeying him or doing any, or doing anything to go against him. However, the father told his eldest son that the celebration isn't really isn't really about him, you know, but it's about the fact that he was once lost, was a lost child. And now he's found now he's found, you know, we have found ourselves like much like the eldest son to be jealous so much over the earthly things because. What will cause us to not be jealous is how we find our true satisfaction to be in Jesus. And if people see that in you, they will know that true satisfaction is by making Jesus the center of your life. Your life. Jealousy can't hurt. Jealousy hurts. It can hurt relationships. It can hurt lives. It can hurt lives. And and jealousy will just, it's not good for your soul. Not good for your soul. So why try, so why try to covet something that that you know that you know will fully satisfy you next next one 
not demanding your own way, not irritable, and keeps no record of being wrong. So when it comes to your own way, Jesus came not came not so he could go around and show off, you know, his miracle working skills. You know, instead, Matthew 20, verse 28, Jesus came to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, Jesus, what he did, he did this all for them, did this all for his for our heavenly father and then and then for us and then for us. He was the perfect example of a servant, a servant, you know, he was he was pretty much in the Lord's glory for years and years and years and years prior, maybe an eternity prior. And then and then when he came down to earth, you know, he gave up his throne, gave up his throne, came down to earth in the form of man. He dressed himself up just like us. He had feelings, had feelings, but he was man. He was man. And he was also God is also God at the same time, same time. And yet he came down and he came down, served and he gave his life on the cross for us. Only something only he could have done. Done next. No irritable, not irritable and no record of being wrong. So I'm going to go to the gospel. Talk about the story of Zacchaeus. People have probably heard this story growing up. You know, Luke 19 Verses 1 to 10. Let's read this. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And I, if I cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Now, people were so irritated with Zacchaeus because, because he screwed so many people out of their money. money. But Jesus saw more than that. And he gave Zacchaeus a second chance and didn't even consider his past. For like I mentioned on your podcast, we're a new creation in Christ. New creation in Christ. You know, when Zacchaeus, you know, went went and saw Jesus, it's like, I was like, you know what? I got to change my ways. I got to give up my money and I got to go and follow and follow the true source of life, the true meaning of life. You know, right now in our culture, we're living in this thing called a cancel culture, which basically means if you screw up, everybody's going to cut you off. And, you know, it's just terrible how, you know, especially even the systematic church today has, has even thought thought about just banning people from the church and just shunning them, shunning them because of, of a mistake they did. You know, if the Lord's all about forgiveness, Lord's about forgiveness, you know, if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching, even if we're so wicked, so wicked, you know, the gospel is for everyone and we should not be, be letting, letting, you know, our, our, you know, transgressions against people against people, you know, be um, something that we 
hold against them because, you know, yes, we're sinners. We're sinners. We screw up. We screw up. But, you know, God is so good. God is so good. And you know what? And yes, we're, we want to be able to protect our children when we go to church and, you know, also protect others. others. But what we are called as followers, followers of Christ is to seek all and even those who have done so much wrong and show them, show them the love of Jesus. So next part, not rejoicing over injustice, but the truth. So, so Jesus, you know, it, this was um festival of Passover, Passover, I believe. And, and, you know, he saw in a temple, in a temple that there were so many like stations. It's like a festival. It's like a marketplace, marketplace. They were, you know, people in the temple, they're selling, sac- selling animals for sacrifices. Um, they were exchanging coins, you know, but this is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus did, you know, in response to that. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, praise God for the son of David. But the the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Then he returned to Bethany where he stayed overnight. You know, so the temple basically was turned into a marketplace where people were using it to to turn some profits and take money from people, essentially. And just like how a lot of people today, there were crooks back in the days when Jesus walked this earth. So it, it, so you know, if you're getting ripped off some somewhere, this is it's not new. It's not new. It's been around for years. You know, we have sheltered into a culture where money and fancy things and sex are very, very much put at the forefront of our minds. So many people idolize these things so much because that is what could make them happy. But no, it's not going to make you happy because happy, because happiness is so temper. Because happiness is so temporary, but rejoicing in the truth with the truth in Jesus, who is the truth, you know, said in John 14, 6, will bring you overflowing joy if you put Jesus at the forefront of your life. And people will notice what you stand for. And you don't even have to tell them or make yourself proud over it. Proud over it. You know, people in the church today, you know, a lot of times Christians are being, you know, criticized for pretty much what they're against, but not really knowing much of what we're for. So, so you know what, why don't we just take a stand and, and try to show people what we stand for, what we stand for. It's our last, our last point, you know, when it comes to loving, to loving others, never, never gives up, never loses faith, always hopeful and endures through all circumstances. You know, and I don't, I can't think of a better example than Jesus dying on the cross for us. Jesus went through so much pain and agony that should have been our pain. And he endured through all of this. And his relationship with our Heavenly Father did not waver because he loved him. And he pushed through because he knew the greater things to come. With us, we may not be dying on the cross, but I know people are going through some struggles right now 
do during these uncertain times with COVID-19 battering our jobs, our physical health, our mental health, our finances, and our relationship with others. Others, you know, but God is calling us to not give up on loving others despite these physical distancing regulations and the rest of our unfortunate circumstances. You will overcome through Jesus, through Jesus. You know, and by overcome, I do not mean that you're going to get your job back. And it doesn't mean you will be immune to the deadly virus. Deadly virus is tragedy, what we're going through. But what this means is, although these circumstances suck right now, and it is such a big struggle to go through the things we are going through, we know Jesus has brought a bigger hope. And by rejoicing this bigger hope, others will see there is hope on the other side other side and it may not even be on this earth if we we suffer for the rest of our lives but you know what experience so much hope so much hope in heaven we know it'll get be guaranteed that we will be able to enjoy heaven so thank you for sticking with me through this you know and i know it's a lot to process and um, you may be thinking to yourself, um, what can you do if you're struggling with deeply knowing God's love? And um, I know people can feel that way, especially those who, especially those I'm close to. Um, now, first thing, first things first, I'm just going to give you some, some guidelines here um, to help guide you on this. So first, first and foremost, pray, pray, you know. It is only the Lord. It is only the Lord who can change our hearts. Well, I can't do it for you. None of, nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. You know, if you want a relationship with the Lord, it's only it's only the Lord that'll be able to provide it to you. And you know, we don't know when the Lord will take your struggles away, or even if He does at all. All because the Lord uses our struggles so we can see Him in a way that no one else could see Him in. I have. I have Asperger's syndrome, which is a form of autism, you know, and I know I've struggled with a lot, you know, especially with bullies in, in high school and middle school and all the, all the other um, school years. And I definitely, I definitely experienced a lot of struggles with that. And maybe I wish I wasn't that different, but you know what? The Lord used that so I could be able to minister to other kids other kids who go through the same situations that I have gone through and have the same, you know, that uh, neurological, um, maybe possibly physical issues as well, you know, and I know that praying, praying to the Lord as a testimony to my faith, you know, has only led, has only led me closer to him. And I know that you praying to the Lord will only lead you closer to him. So, you know, a few verses, a few verses say about prayer, but um, for first one, first Thessalonians five or 17. Pray without ceasing. Now, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. seven. And, always, and always bring your request to God. Bring your request to God. God, and, and always you will um, <clears throat> acknowledge him. You know, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. And John 14, verses 13 to 14. If you, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, in my name, he will grant it. He will grant it to you. So, and second, secondly, second guideline, 
read through at least one book of the gospel to get a better understanding of God's love. And if you want to go ahead and read through any other book of the Bible, that is great. That is great. But I think, but you know, the gospel, the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are pretty much describes Jesus's time here on earth, here on earth from the time he was born and until the time, time he was, so kind he was crucified and and res and was resurrected from the dead, resurrected from the dead. And you know through those and through reading those books, at least one of them, you'll get a better understanding of what is like of Jesus's love. But God's love it doesn't mean that God's love is not there throughout the rest of the books. But see the Old Testament, it pretty much points out how much we need we need God. We need God. God's love is still there. It doesn't mean he wasn't. And then afterwards, and you know the the epistles, the epistles, the rest of the, the rest of the books of the New Testament, that still still displays God's love. It pretty much describes it, describes it in a better detail. Um, and thirdly, thirdly, reach out to someone who cares. God has brought people on this earth to love Him and then love others. And one of the things the Lord convicted me of years ago is that there are people that actually care about me and love me for who I am. That's kind of you know, one of the main reasons how I came to Christ, I came to Christ is because there are people, God helped me show that, you know, that there are people that actually care for me. And you know what, if he, actually, if people actually care for me, you know what, maybe there is, Jesus actually does, does love me. So, you know, reach out to somebody who care, who cares, you know, <clears throat> lastly, if you're on the edge and do not know where you are going with your life and you want to experience a life you never thought would be possible possible and you never thought and you want to live a life where you feel lo where you are loved by by our heavenly father or forgiven forgiven by our savior jesus christ and then you have fellowship with the holy spirit pray this prayer as the holy spirit leads you to repent of your sins and that means to turn turn yourselves back to god and surrender your life to the lord and savior jesus christ so we may walk in true purpose. May we walk in his love, his love, living life to the full for Jesus. So let's pray this prayer. Jesus, I am a sinner and I have fallen short. I have fallen short, Lord, and I am so sorry. Please forgive me for all that I have done. Done. I give my life, give my life to you, Lord. I ask that you love, that I grow a desire to love you and to follow you. You, Lord, I take up my cross. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just want to thank you for people who are praying that prayer right now. Lord, um, I just want to thank you just for your love and just how great it, how great it is and how it extends beyond beyond this world lord 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 that your whole existence is centered on love and lord i pray that we may be able to experience your love today even if it doesn't look that doesn't look good lord your light will shine in the darkness i know that because no darkness will overcome the light in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. For those who prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family of God. 
And for those who have not prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome back to the family. Thank you all for sticking through this. You know, I know that although troubles may come your way, the Lord will be with you every step of the way, like he has been since day one and way before, way before. And so now that you are part of the family, the Lord asks all of us to do this. I have been given, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Have a blessed, have a blessed week. May the Lord, may the Lord be with you all as we continue to live out the Lord's plan for our lives.